Welcome to the Parenting Challenging Children podcast, where I share a tip or a tool each week to help you as you parent your child through their challenges and as you manage the challenges you have in parenting them. I'm Sheridan Ripley. I'm a mom of three boys, one who was a little extra challenging, a teacher, an author of six books, and a life coach. I love to help parents feel less stress and be more confident as they go through the journey of raising their children. Today, you're going to hear an interview where my friend Katie shares an experience where she did ask for angelic help and had some very profound experiences in a a very challenging situation for her child. And I want to let you know, I have an email series where you can get five short lessons on how to harness heavenly help and specifically angels. I know that angels can help us in so many different situations, and I want every parent to be aware of this tool. So I have a free email series on it, and I'll share the link in the show notes for that. Sit back and enjoy this interview. I'm so excited to have my friend Katie Garner on my podcast today. And this podcast is Parenting Challenging Children, but along with that is just parenting our children through their challenges. And Katie had a very serious challenge uh, with one of her children who had her feet burned and, but she also had some beautiful experiences with that. And so I just was excited that Katie was willing to come on today and hopefully we won't cry through the whole thing. Who knows? And share her experiences. Oh, and also Katie is a wonderful artist and I'll link to her website and to another podcast episode on a different podcast. I host the gift of giving life where she shares her inspiration for some of her pieces. So that is an introduction of Katie, a brief one, but I'm going to let her go ahead and share her experience with us. Oh, okay. I have seven children and my sixth child, her name is Eliza. And when she was two and a half, she'll be five in a few weeks now. But when she was two and a half, she had woken up from a nap and had spread poop everywhere. You know how toddlers do that. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. So I went in the room and there was just a poop mess And so I took her out of the crib and I put her in the tub and I washed her off. And then I drained that yucky water and I put just a couple inches of water in the tub so she could continue playing. And I went about cleaning and scrubbing the crib with Clorox wipes and taking the sheets and blankets down to the washer, which was downstairs from the bathroom that we were in and I left the bathroom door open. And like I said, she was just in this couple inches of water and I was leaving her there for entertainment. But as I was downstairs, I got a phone call and I had two older children in the living room who were home from school that day. And I stepped outside to take the phone call because there was some noise. And when I came back in after my phone call, I could hear Eliza screaming upstairs and she had drained the water out of the tub and then turned the water on again to full heat. And as the tub was filling up with this hot water, she just froze and didn't get out and just stood there and cried. And her feet were burned third degree burns all the way up a little ways past her ankles. 
So the bottoms of her feet, the tops of her feet, all around in full circumference around her ankles received these third degree burns. And when I ran up the stairs, and by the time I got up there, she had gotten out of the tub and was crawling across the hallway to get to my bedroom trying to find me. And I just remember when I picked her up, I was verbally saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And it was like a little bit of an out-of-body experience because I could hear myself saying that, but I didn't feel fully present either. And as I picked her up, I heard a voice in my mind that said, she's going to be okay. So I knew someone or multiple people were there, spirits, but I that's I just hurried and threw a diaper on her, put her in the car and drove to the hospital. And on the way to the hospital, she's just screaming in pain. And I'm driving the car and she's in the back seat and I can't do anything besides just try to focus on driving the car. And I was trying to talk to her and trying to comfort her, but it wasn't helping with the pain. And so I, I actually started praying. And I remember feeling inspired to pray specifically for angels to come to comfort her and to pull the heat out of her feet. And after I said that prayer, Eliza started pausing in between screams and saying, thank you, thank you. And I, I just knew that she could see them and she could see that they were helping. And I received a, a testament of that truth over and over again the whole time we were in the hospital because we ended up being in the burn center at the University of Utah for 32 days. And the whole time we were there, every nurse that came in, no matter what awful thing they did to her, <laughs> they would give her shots. They would stick a feeding tube down her throat. They would put in a pick line. They would draw blood. They would do wound care, which was excruciating. But every single time they were done, she would look at them and say, thank you. And... <laughs> So I know that she saw those angels and told them, thank you. And it was really comforting to me that she would do that with the doctors and nurses as well, because I knew that she somehow was aware that they were helping her, just just hurting, because <laughs> there was a lot of pain involved. But her attitude through that whole experience was just so inspiring. We had a number of experiences that helped us know that we were not alone and that both Eliza and our family and particularly myself and my husband were receiving help and comfort from beyond the veil. And it was so hard. You're, you wanted to focus on like how to help your child through hard things. It was hard. It was so hard to see her in pain and physically, not just emotionally, but very physically exhausting as well because she didn't sleep. She couldn't sleep. She was in so much pain around the clock. They couldn't keep enough meds in her. Apparently, it's unique for children around age two that their body actually burns through medications really fast. And so 
she was on the max doses of everything she could have, but it takes half hour to 45 minutes for the narcotics to kick in. And then you can't have it again for another three hours, but she'd have maybe an hour where things settled down and she would be a little bit more comfortable. And then for the last hour before she could receive medication again, she was screaming in pain. So it was basically two hours in pain, one hour off for several days. And she would wake up just constantly throughout the night. It was just tiny little catnips and she would be awake every few minutes. And I would jump up and be at her side every 10 to 15 minutes throughout the night for a month. (laughs) And also at the time it was right in the middle of 2020. So everything was super strict and all the COVID restrictions were Mm -hmm. in full force. And my husband and I were not allowed to be in the hospital at the same time. We would just see each other in passing. And for the first week or so, my husband was still getting over a cold. And so they wouldn't let him come at all. So I didn't see anyone in my family or my husband, just me and Eliza for a week after this happened in the hospital. And so it was hard for, it was hard. Anyway, so we would take shifts every, we would, we could do two nights and then that was the max we could do. And we would switch each other out and come home and try to get some rest. But I can't tell you how many times I prayed to have her miraculously healed. (laughs) And I knew we could do it. I knew we could. And it was hard to accept that this had happened to my child, that she wasn't being healed. I had no idea what the future would hold. I didn't know if she'd walk. I didn't know for a time in the first few days, I didn't know if she'd be able to keep her feet. It was because the burns were full circumference around her the bottom of her leg and the swelling was so bad they would come in every little while and use a they had a slit cut in her bandages on her foot and they would actually use a doppler on her foot to check and make sure there was still a heartbeat so they they would stick a doppler through the bandages and check for a heartbeat and i just would hold my breath every time because this, and they said if the swelling got too bad, they would just have to, I don't know, make cuts to reduce the swelling or to Mm -hmm. give more space. So it was just, it required a lot of surrendering over and over again. And there was, there were a lot of questions. Why did this happen? What am I supposed to learn from this? And one of the blessings right away that I had, like I said, I had, I couldn't see anybody in my family. I had no, I didn't have that comfort. And all of the LDS missionaries had been removed from the hospitals as well, but they did still have chaplains and they sent a Christian chaplain in to talk to me. And she was unique because the degree that she received before she was certified as a chaplain was that she was an art therapist, <laughs> which That's is a really unique combination. <laughs> right, yes. But I just felt like that, just knowing that she did art therapy and she was a chaplain and she was sent to me, was a sign from God that he was aware of me. And there were just these little things, little messages from people that would reach out. This one night, I well, it was an afternoon actually, 
but I tried to lay down and take a nap <laughs> this one afternoon. I'd been struggling with Eliza. She'd been crying a lot and it'd just been a rough afternoon, rough day. And I was just done. I was emotionally just done. And I was telling God, I can't do this anymore. Something's got to give. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> and I got a message from this woman who had found me online, heard our story online, and her son had been burned as well when he was young. And she lived in Idaho, but she had brought her mom down to a neighboring hospital for an appointment. And she messaged me and she said, I'm outside. Can you come out and meet me? And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't. I just, I can't, I don't have the capacity for that right now. And so I laid down and I was like, I'm just going to try to take a nap while Eliza's asleep. And I pulled this scratchy, thin, rough hospital blanket up over me. And I was like, I'm so cold. I really wish I had a warm blanket. And within minutes, a nurse walked in the room with a bag. And she said, someone left this at the front desk for you. And it was that woman who had asked me to come outside. And it was one of those big, thick, fuzzy, soft Costco blankets. Oh, you know, yeah. the blankets uh -huh. you get from Costco. Yes. And I wrapped up in that and just sobbed. And I could feel, when I put that blanket around me, I swear I could feel the Savior's arms around me. And that was just enough strength and encouragement to get me through. The burden was not eased. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter was not healed. Yeah. But I knew that God was in the trenches with me. And that was really, I think, maybe the biggest lesson that I took out of that experience was that he's not just watching from far away up above going, mm -hmm. you got this, Katie, you can do it. But he's in it. He's in it with me. He's down in those trenches and he's feeling what I'm feeling and he's walking through it with me. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and then, okay, you do have to give an update. You have to let people know yes. how Eliza's yes, doing yes, yes. now or they'll not be happy with me at all. <laughs> yes, and that's true. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Eliza is doing great. She does have scarring. She did receive skin graft surgery. So they took skin from her thighs and sewed it onto her feet. And so she has scars on her thighs and scars on her feet. And she will have her first scar release surgery in April of this year. And they only need to do it on one foot. Her right foot is doing better than her left foot. So we're going to do surgery on her left foot. They're going to have to do another small skin graft, but they'll try to, the scar tissue gets, is so thick and hard mm. that it doesn't stretch and grow with her as mm. she's growing. So mm. her toes are getting curled up because her bones are still growing. There's right. just not space for them. Right. So they're going to add in more skin and, and give her toe space to lay flat on that one foot. I don't know what that's going to look like, but I know we're going to get through it like we have been carried through in the past. And one thing I remind myself every time she has another procedure, because she had a lot of laser treatments as well for her scars. But every time we go in for another procedure and I, I worry, I think nothing will ever be as bad as the original 
burn experience. This is just a minor thing compared to that. She's going to get through it just fine. But she is just totally normal. You would never know unless you could see her feet or her legs Uh uh, that she was any different than anybody else. She runs and plays and jumps and dances and it hasn't held her back for a second since, since we got home from the hospital. She just resumed being a normal kid and she's just amazing. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I really feel like there is such power to be had in angels and whether they're angels on the other side of the veil or angels here on earth, like that woman who brought you that blanket, that's an angel. Yes, Yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And there were messages that some people I never even responded to, but the story, I was posting updates and videos and things at the time. And so those things got shared on like huge prayer groups and we would get messages. We received packages from people that were complete strangers Uh, and every, everything helped. I think we have a tendency to feel like there's nothing we can do for people who are going through hard things, but it was eye opening for me to see how much all those little things added up and how much we could feel people's prayers for us and how much that really did help us Yeah, and, yes. and help carry us through that time. People's prayers were, it was powerful. We could definitely feel that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's just a great reminder. If you have a friend who has a challenging child or has a child going through a challenging experience, like there are things you can do, even praying, it's, even sending yeah. a note or texting. Yeah. Just follow your promptings and don't be afraid to do whatever it is you're prompted to do. <laughs> That's <laughs> reach out, send them out, even if it feels completely inadequate, but yeah, it, it, it will help. It all helps. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Thank you for coming and sharing that very tender experience with us today. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, I would love to hear about it. It is always so meaningful to me when I get feedback from you, my listener. Here are three different ways you can support the podcast. Number one, leave a review. Your feedback not only inspires me, it helps others to find the podcast too. Number two, share, share, share. Take a screenshot or you can share it from your podcast app, text it to a friend you know will benefit or share it on social media. If you share it on Instagram, tag me at Power Up Your Prayers because I always love to hear your takeaways from the episode. And each time you share, it gives others a chance to learn too. And number three, subscribe so you never miss an episode. You'll get a tip or a tool each week to help you as you parent your challenging child.